0: And um, I just remember in a morning session, um, and I believe Pastor Freedom was about to preach, and we were just, you know, it was some chill worship. No one was sobbing, uh, but I just felt God speak to me and, and say, like, you need to start listening. And I was about to head uh, into playing volleyball uh, for a school, and, you know, all my entire senior year, I'd just been like, you know, I'm not sure if this is right. I'm not really sure if I have peace, but it's, it's feeling pretty good. So I think I'll just go for it. I think it'll be fine, and I'm just going to kind of keep moving forward with it. I just feel uncomfortable because, like, out of your comfort zone, new things. It's no big deal. I remember coming up to the altar and God being like, no, don't go. And I knew in the moment I wasn't supposed to go, and instead I still went uh, because I had this idea in my mind of who I was supposed to be what I was supposed to do, and what I needed to achieve to make myself worth it. So I said, well, I got to keep doing it. Everyone expects me to. You know, I, I worked all these years. I don't want to look like a failure and not play college sports because that's like what life's about, right? So, yeah, sports, you guys. For everyone who missed camp for sports, dude, it's going to change their life. Sports are so cool. Um, and going into volleyball... Uh, was a huge lesson for me about what God really wanted for me and what I thought I needed to do or I thought I needed to be. Um, so we're going to get into our message today. It is Matthew, uh, Matthew 26 is what I want to start in. Uh, we're going to talk about this guy, and his name is Peter. Everyone say Peter. Peter. Everyone say Simon. Simon. Everyone say Simon Peter. Thank you. So this guy named Peter, he used to be named Simon. Crazy enough. Anyone else planning on just changing their name like midway through life? I'm not really planning on doing that. But, I mean, you could, right? So here's what happened to Peter, though. In if you want to write this down, you don't need to flip there. But in John 1, 35, uh, it begins a section of the Bible where the disciples uh, go from following this guy John. John was just a preacher. He was just telling people about Jesus. They go from following him to actually getting to know Jesus, and they start following Jesus. Simon's one of these people. And Jesus, he he calls Simon out, and I think God's calling each of us out. Even us who aren't listening, God's calling each of us out, and he's saying, Hey, I have a new name for you. You're Peter now. You're not Simon anymore, because you're going to follow me now. So when we start following God, we actually get renamed, we have a new calling. And he says, Hey, you're Peter. I've reclaimed you. Now come and follow me. So that's in John 1. And we're fast forwarded here to Matthew. And Jesus is about to go to the cross. So the disciples have been walking with him for quite a while now. They've seen the miracles, they've had their faith tested, they've stayed with him, they've been diligent, they've been faithful. Some of us feel like that. We've been on this journey, we've been faithful. We've had our struggles, we've had our doubts and disbelief, but we're here. We showed up to camp. And in Matthew 26, Jesus is about to go to the cross. Um, Matthew 26 outlines the plot to kill Jesus, actually. And if you guys didn't know, and I think sometimes we assume we just know this stuff, But if you didn't know uh, that Jesus actually went to the cross, died, rose again, pretty crazy thing on its own, let alone the fact that it wasn't just a miracle, it was a miracle for our souls. So it's pretty freaking cool. In Matthew 26, they're outlining the plot to kill him. It's evil, torture, horrible. If we were to have to watch it, we would be scarred for life. Like, I think that I would just go in a room and cry for the rest of my life if I had to actually be there. In verse 31, Jesus predicts this guy Peter from way back in John 1 denying him. And he's like, Peter's his bud. This is his main man. He has been walking with him forever. He actually said in Matthew 16, which we'll read in a moment, that Peter was going to be the one who was going to build the church. He said, when I leave, like, the church is going to be built on you. And yet Peter becomes the same man who denies Jesus. I know that's me sometimes. In verse 31, it says, on the way, Jesus told them, tonight, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will scatter. But after I've been raised from the dead, I'll go ahead of you to Galilee, that's a city, and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I'm never going to desert you, Jesus. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, tonight, before the rooster crows, you'll deny me, you'll deny three times that you ever even knew me. Not that I'm your friend, not that I'm your king, your lord, your savior, but that you've even ever met me. You're just going to deny that you know me altogether. Peter's like, no, even if I have to die with you, I'd never deny you, God. Why would I do that? I've been at this altar. I've cried. I've talked to my cabin leader. I know that you're my Savior. Why would I deny you? And all the other disciples, they're like, yeah, Peter's right. Jesus, what are you trying to say? We agree with Peter. They're like, no, we're on Peter's side. Sorry, Jesus. We're not denying you. He's God, so we know that different happened. We fast forward to verse 69. It says, the, the, it's literally titled, Peter Denies Jesus. If you're ever wondering like what the section is about, read the heading. Yeah. It says this. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, you were one of those guys that Jesus was with. And Peter, he denied it in front of everyone. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to all the other people standing around, hey, this guy, he was with Jesus in Nazareth. This is him. Again, Peter denies it, this time with an oath. He says, I don't even know the guy. I don't even know who that is. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, you must be one of them. We can tell by your accent, bro. Like, you're from Galilee. You're friends with him. And Peter swore a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this guy. Peter's pretty stubborn, like me, I think. And immediately the rooster crowed. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you'll deny me He'll deny three times that you even knew me. And he went away weeping bitterly. You can title this message, Weeping Bitterly. I think there's a lot of ways that we can be stubborn to God's love. Some of us have said years ago... Jesus, I'll follow you, and we took this moment, and we literally, like, stepped over a line. We prayed a prayer with our leader, or we came up for an altar call, or we put our hand on our heart at UD, and we knew there was a moment. Some of us, maybe it's been this process over time, and you didn't really know how you ended up at camp, but here you are, and you're like, yeah, I believe. This is me. God's for me. God's with me. I'm loved. I know that now, And, and maybe some of you guys, you find yourself in a place of uncertainty, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm really thinking this isn't true yet. And that's okay too. And this is still for you. In some way, we are all Peter. Having been told that we were beloved, having been told that the church could be built on us, that we have a new calling, that we have a new future, and yet when the tightness comes. When the crowds start to ask us who we're following, it, the pressure builds and our answer, our answer changes. It's really easy to feel the tight squeeze of the world when we're not in this room. But it's also odd how I could be in this room over here, loving God, throwing my hands up in the air, leading devotions for my group, and still denying God. I think we have to ask ourselves this question. What are we going to do when the world squeezes? What do we say about Jesus when people ask us if we know him? I'm not just talking about that philosophical little discussion you get into. Maybe a couple times a year at a lunch table and people start bringing up religion and you're like, this is my time. I'm going to say Jesus was God. No. I'm talking about your everyday actions. What does your life show? When people, when you feel squeezed by the world, when you're asked, did you just, did you wear the flip-flops? No, I didn't do it. Are we going to hold on to our stubbornness? hold on to our old ways so tightly that we can't let go and be freed to walk in the way of God. Here's the thing, no one would want to say that they want to bitterly weep. That's that's sad. Like you all of us hear those words and we're like, "Yeah, I'm not trying to weep." Like that's not even crying. You're like, "If I sob, there's like some like yeah, there's some dignity to sobbing." You're like, "If I'm just weeping, you're like, "That's sad." You don't want to see someone else weep. You don't even want to witness someone else weeping. Like, we don't want to bitterly weep either. That's, but yet, Peter took that on himself when he chose to deny Jesus. We take that on ourselves. We bring on our bitter weeping when we say, hey, God, thanks for the love, but after camp, I'm actually good. Some of us in our lives, we felt like we're the victim for a really long time. We have some circumstances going on that have led us. Maybe some of you are like, hey, like, it's hard for me to pay attention because when those guys talk up there, I see my dad, and I don't really like my dad, so it's hard for me to focus. And that's hard, and we're the victim in that situation. But there's also a part of us, when we've chosen to accept Jesus, And then we turn away and we go back to our bitter weeping where we've become the villain. And Peter chose to deny Jesus three times. Peter had the choice to either own it and say, yeah, I'm with this Jesus guy. He's my friend. I follow him. Or he had the choice to deny, deny, deny and walk himself into his bitter weeping kind of a hard pill to swallow for me to think that when I got to the point of crying in Victoria Hackett's car in the Restretto's parking lot saying, I just want to quit volleyball so bad. She was like, just quit. I do it all the time. was <laughs> good advice. It's a hard pill to swallow to think that I did that, that I heard God's voice speaking to me loudly, telling me, the choice to make, putting an impression on my heart of where I was supposed to go and what I was supposed to do, but I was so stubborn, so resistant, I said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. And suddenly, I'm shocked when months later, I'm bitterly weeping. I'm going to invite the band to come. And I have... Three things I want you guys to write down. There's some things that we do that bring us to that place like Peter. One is this we deny him as Lord. Some of us were saying, hey, Jesus is the guy. I know it. Maybe I don't show it. Maybe I, maybe I don't, I'm not comfortable yet with this whole church atmosphere raising my hands. Hey, that's okay. That, that doesn't, God's not looking at that. He's looking at your heart. I hope you hear that young person that even when your leader encourages you to reach out and pray or to raise your hands, that that's just an external encouragement to show what's going on on the inside. That what's going on, on in your heart is between you and God, and we're praying for you relentlessly and hoping that that's what you'll connect to. This, this doesn't matter. It's this. But we've said yes to God. But we say, hey, you can have my summer at camp. I'll serve here, but you, you can't touch my dream of playing volleyball in college. No way. You can have my summer as an intern. You can have every Wednesday night. Maybe even Monday nights. Maybe I'll do a small group every other Saturday. You can have that. God, I'll give it to you. Don't worry. But when push comes to shove and we need to break up or we need to go make an apology to a parent, Or we need to go mend a friendship. Say, hey, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know you. Number two is this, we deny his power. Say, God, I believe in you. I love you. I'm coming to the altar. But I'm not even going to let my wall down to think that you could help me process what's going on in my parents' marriage because you couldn't really do that. I'm not even going to let my wall down to, to just say one thing with my cabin mates. Because I know that you can't actually help with that. It's just fun when we sing real love. But it's not fun when I have to open up a little bit. So we deny God his power. We're like, hey, I don't know that power. That's not for me. We just, we bitterly weep. last thing is this, that we deny his friendship. I mentioned that if, if I were to have to be there when Jesus was crucified to watch the plot played out and know he was savior of the world. To have felt the presence of God and then watch him be crucified. It would put us into such, such a place of disparity. And yet we deny his friendship to us. We deny his outstretched hand when we see God's son on the cross. And we're like, I'm still gonna sin. I'm gonna knowingly choose. For me, I had another one of those moments at camp. In this room, kneeling down right here with a rock in my hand and making a choice. Like, I gotta go tell my leader now what's really going on I'm done denying God his friendship looking at him in the cro- on the cross and being like well it's like kind of a sad story but like I kind of want to just keep doing what I'm doing so like sucks but shrug my shoulders I don't know you I don't know you I don't know you and we push Jesus out I think we have to ask ourselves a second question: In what way have we said to God, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm good." Thanks to the fun, thanks to the this is living, thanks to real love, thanks to crowd surfing, but I, you, as Lord of my life, making helping me make decisions your power in my life, I have to let my wall down and, and open up about what's going on? Seeing you as a friend, having compassion for Jesus on the cross and, and knowing that that meant something, mm, not so sure. Here's the crazy thing in Matthew 16, we're going to start in verse 13 if you want to flip there. this is peter's declaration about jesus so we're flipping backwards this is before he denied christ this is before jesus told him he was going to deny him and jesus asks this he says who do people say that the son of man is he's asking about himself who Who do they say that I am? They said, well, some say it's actually John the Baptist. Some say this prophet Elijah. Others say Jeremiah. And some people are talking about other prophets. You know, it's really a mixed bag. People have a lot of opinions here. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him. And this is what Jesus would say to you. Despite our denial, despite what we've said no thanks to God in, he says this. You are blessed, Simon son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Jesus knew then, when he said this, that Peter would deny him that Peter's denial would ultimately help to send Jesus to the cross to die. And yet he still says this blessing over Peter. And this is what Jesus is saying to you young person, that you are the rock he'll build his church on. That despite our denial, there's nothing that can change the love that Jesus has for you. And he's just inviting us to go deeper. He's inviting us to let down the wall. Some of us have it so built up We have all the perfect answers for our cabin leader. We have all the perfect answers for our buddy who brought us to camp. We're like, no way am I talking about it. Stop asking. And God's like, I'm still here. When did you wanna stop bitterly weeping? Let's stand together. I'm just gonna invite you guys to close your eyes. If you find yourself in a place where you've denied Jesus as your Lord, you've said, Hey, you can have everything except this. You can have everything, but don't ask me not to go to college there. I'm gonna do what I want. Let's all just close our eyes in this moment. If that's you, will you just put your hand on your heart? Maybe you've been denying the power of Jesus, saying, hey, I believe in you. I trust you, but could you really help? Could you really help my heart in this situation? My house, my family, my parents, they're so broken. I've been hurt so many times. I love you, God, but i, I this wall is so big. If that's you, would you put your hand on your heart this morning. And the third thing is this. Denying the friendship that Jesus has to offer us. Maybe you've been looking at the cross for a long time. You've known his sacrifice, but you've seen it as a story. You've seen it as something of no consequence to you, but really your continued behavior has led you to a place of bitterly weeping, and you're ready to accept the friendship he offered you through the cross. Would you put your hand on your heart? Every hand, you see every story. God, I pray that you'd begin to reveal to us the ways that we've stepped back and said, No thanks. I pray you'd lead us this year into a place of saying, Yes, Jesus, I'll go. Yes, Jesus, you can yes, Jesus, here's my hand of friendship extended to you. I believe there's some people in this room who need to do a little heart check at the altar, and we're going to begin to sing. And as you feel led, whether you had your hand on your heart or not, if this is for you, you know, I want you to make your way down to the front and just begin to worship. Keep your eyes closed. I just encourage you guys not to look to your left and your right. It's not about the person near you. It's not about your sibling who's in the room judging you. It's not about your leader who you didn't open up to before. Don't worry about it. This is your time for you and God.